Before we get to the show, I want to make sure you know about our podcast, Making Marketing. It's a show where Shireen Patak talks to the biggest names in the marketing world about their business decisions. Check it out. It's on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and Anchor.fm. Or you can go to digiday.com and learn more. Hello and welcome to Digiday Live, our podcast where we bring you the best sessions from our many summits around the world. I'm Aditi Sango, and today I have a session from the Digiday Retail Forum. Rent the Runway is disrupting the $1.7 trillion global fashion industry by introducing clothing rental as a utility in women's everyday lives. As technology changes, so does customer behavior. Hear from Josh Builder, Rent the Runway's Chief Technology Officer, on how he has pioneered Rent the Runway to leverage technology, data, and logistics to transform the way women think about getting dressed and what it means to have your closet truly in the cloud. The closet in the cloud. I already referenced Rent the Runway. Nice. has a lot of stuff going on in terms of the online store, the physical stores. Tell us a little bit about your position. What do you overlook at Chief Technology Officer? Yes, um, too many things. Uh, engineering, so I oversee engineering. We build all of our technology in-house, both that powers the customer experiences, the website, the app, um, also our internal tools that power our, our, our retail stores, our um, customer service platform, and our logistics technology. Um, additionally, I oversee product, like what should we build, why and when, and um, data science as well, which all three of those things play together very nicely. Mm-hmm. And I imagine it's pretty complex. Yes. Uh, so looking at, looking at what you've just been working on recently, like what would you say is your main like, priority in terms of how what you do affects the customer experience for Rent the Runway? You have subscribers, you have one-time renters. Uh, how do you sort of plot what the customer experience is going to look like from behind the scenes technology point of view? Yeah, sure. Um, that's a big question. So the, the major... The most simplest way to distill our complexity is like everything at Rent the Runway is interdependent. So because we have um, scarcity in our inventory, meaning there's only so much we have and it's going out and coming back in real time, um, the app and the site and the retail stores, like everything needs to be much keenly aware of where inventory is, where it should go and where it should come back and what's the status of that. Um, everything from our tools that I was talking about to our algorithms that power recommendation engines to um, the app as somebody's browsing real time. That drives a tremendous amount of depth in everything we build and additional complexity. So, you know, I'd say the logistics technology that powers our growing distribution network and our reverse logistics, thinking five or ten years or even two years ahead of what that needs to be. Um, on top of the fact that our consumer experience is changing. So when Rent the Runway started, we were an event-driven business. So if you had a wedding, uh, a party, uh, a cocktail party, and you had a, a weekend and it was a four-day or eight-day rental, we sent you something, we knew and we were getting it back. And we built a tremendous amount of logistics and intelligence around that. Um, we do that, and in addition, we've launched subscription businesses, which have been incredibly successful for us. And there are different terms for that. So now it's more Netflix for your closet, essentially. And so we have four slots. You can keep an item for as long as you want. You could wear a leather jacket for an entire year or one day and send it back to us. And so I no longer know with certainty when I'm going to get things back. 
Um, and on top of that, the breadth of inventory is increasing to, to power all of those offerings. So now we have our existing business model with all of those rules, our, our subscription business model is evolving, and how does all of that play together from the back end and the data and the intelligence piece, but also from the consumer experience. So um, when you open up the app or you open up the site, you know, who are you? What are you looking for? How do we know where you should go? What type of experience you should have? Because from our point of view, it's a continuum in so much as the event rental business is one way to experience your closet in the cloud. The, the subscription is another way. And for, from all of us, there's going to be different ways that you could experience that. So how do we curate and cultivate an experience that drives that? Mm -hmm. And all of those things together uh, is a lot of complexity. When I first came to Rent the Runway, I was like, oh, you guys aren't as unique as you think you are. Um, and you know, years and years in, I'm constantly humbled by how complicated and how nuanced this business is. Because you have to know where every single piece of inventory is at any given time. Yes. So as from a more standard traditional retail perspective, what, what does that open up for, for a business in terms of what that means for the customer, what that means in yeah. how you operate, and how you buy more inventory? Yeah, and I was, I was looking at your, your point about, you know, about retail. And it's interesting. So we have retail stores. They're actually not retail stores. You don't buy anything from Rent the Runway. Um, you come in and you experience your closet in the cloud, right? And so how do we figure out what that means and how does that evolve as our, as our offerings evolve is a, is a big part of it. And so on the simplest level, what inventory should go where and when based on who is around that location? And not only that, but like it need, we, we don't just do that once and forget it. Like that is a constant always on refresh of moving inventory around. Two, what are the types of engagements that our customers want to have with us in those, in those locations or those stores, right? And so that has evolved over time. So we first launched our retail stores. They were about coming in, trying something on. You had a high stakes event. You wanted to get styled. You wanted to make sure it worked, right? And that still happens, but it's evolved tremendously. Now we have subscribers who are coming in and getting dressed for work in the morning, going to work, coming back, changing out of their clothes and going out for the night and coming back and, and so forth. And so those two behaviors need to exist simultaneously in our retail locations. And so as we look to build our technology and you know, change the way customers interact with us, having retail as a, um, a point of interaction, and not even retail, like I, have to, I even I have to stop using the word, like it's, it's just a place for our customers to interact with our services. They don't need to. You don't have to come to a retail store to interact with Rent the Runway. Um, there's added benefits to it, or it's just um, a way to cater to you know, if you're comfortable coming in and you want to touch something and see something, but um, even that evolves as customers stay with us longer and longer. Mm -hmm. And from the customer point of view, if you are a regular subscriber, you're coming back regularly, and, and I'm sure in some part of your mind, you might appreciate like, oh, there's a lot going on here, but all you want to know is like, do, do they have something that's relevant to me? Like, how is that personalization piece playing into, into yeah. your, what you're doing and, and how that like, technology, because obviously, like you said, it's so complex. There's a lot going on. You have inventory moving all over the place. But from one inv individual customer, they just want to see, like, okay, do they, are they getting to know me? Are they, yeah. are they serving up recommendations that, that fit my lifestyle? Because that's what's going to keep them on. Yeah. And you know, there's multiple ways to attack that. Um, one with the inventory, right? It's like, what is the right way, what is the right inventory to buy? 
in general for us, you know, <clears throat> as styles change. We have a tremendous amount of data going back nine years, right? So we can predict trends, we can look at how things are moving, you know, we can take a broad view. But what we work on a lot is a much more nuanced view for customer segmentation. So we look at like, what are the, you know, not everybody is one type of customer segment. You're most likely a blend of business casual and boho chic or something like that. And so how do we algorithmically look at our data and your interactions with us and create a profile for you and then le leverage that to do our buy, right? So we have the right inventory. So that's just at a macro level. So then there's the how does that inventory get to the right places, right? As we expand our retail network and also as we expand our massive distribution network and we open up more and more facilities, um, if you're on the west coast of America, you know, you want to browse something, we might be showing it to you from our new facility because it's, it's better and quicker for us to get it to you than something on the East Coast. And so how do we put inventory there so that when you open up the site, we not only know your profile, but we have the right inventory in the right place. And we build that technology and we leverage it for our retail stores too, so the same logic applies. So those algorithms will know where our subscribers are, um, what are the stores or locations or ways they're most likely interacting with us and try to um, personalize the inventory and the site experience and that's where the third piece of this comes in which is how do we show you the right inventory but more than that how do we show you the right experience right which I also think is super important for retail as brands are evolving so when you come in if you are looking at Rent the Runway because you have a wedding and all I do is try to get you into the subscription business like that's a mismatch right and even if I'm successful that's not the right way to do it and so how do I look at this whole thing as a holistic life cycle and say, okay, I am assuming that this person is coming in for this particular event and therefore their experience and all of that inventory I was talking about gets surfaced to them in a really meaningful and tasty way that keeps them happy, they have a, you know, a deep and interesting experience with us and also shows them at the same time that there are many other ways to interact with us. And so really like completing that life cycle. Mm -hmm. Investing in so much technology, like when you look about, think about scale, it's opening facilities, it's acquiring new inventory, as well as improving the experience overall by investing in the technology that you're talking about. What about just good old customer acquisition? Like how does that play into what you do? How do you get, like you know so much about the customers that you have, you're learning about them constantly. Yeah. What about the people who maybe are, not, maybe are not convinced that renting is something that they can do? Like how do you use what you know about the customers that you have to convince people who have never rented before? Yeah, great question and probably a different answer than a lot of people would say, which is that we've not traditionally spent a lot of money on customer acquisition. Rent the Runway has grown and continues to grow organically by word of mouth. Um, and that has been a fantastic growth engine for us. So that simplifies, I mean, we can talk about how that happens, but that simplifies things tremendously, mm -hmm. right? Because when I'm being told about Rent the Runway, and just to qualify that, so what we do from a technology standpoint is we try to put, you know, put some gas on that. So we build all kinds of things around our referral network, how, you know, in both the reserve business and the subscription business to make it easier and, and, and better to reserve. And so we, we go with that direction. But, you know, when those customers come in, they're, they're more qualified than a Facebook customer mm -hmm. or somebody like that, which we do a little of. But, um, but I'd say, you know, what I was touching on earlier is something that we're focusing a lot on right now, which is that how does the event rental business become the way for our customers to try rental for the first time, right? It's to them the most obvious use case. It's a really expensive thing that you know you're gonna rent once, right? And so that's where we've been successful. But how do we say it's a really expensive thing we know you're gonna rent once, but you come away with it being like, oh, rental as a concept in general, like 
I should buy less stuff. Like, this is, this is really cool. Like, so how do you come away now with that taste in your mouth so that we can then start to talk to you about not buying clothes at all anymore and having your closet in the cloud and everything that comes along with the subscription business. So it's really like the nuanced approach to transitioning those customers and identifying them. Yeah, and so you're, you're not spending a ton on customer acquisition, which is a big thing for an, an yeah. online majority business. What would you say is your biggest investment? It's the infrastructure and mm -hmm. the logistics. I mean, I mean, sorry, and the inventory, right? Um, everything that comes, comes along with that. And you know, that, that point about you know, ignoring Amazon, like, I completely agree that you need to sort of put them out of your mind, but like, we do not ignore, we do not ignore Amazon for better or for worse, and we think you know, there's a lot of things that they do incredibly well. There's a lot of things that I do not want to do it the way that they do. But what is super important about our business, and I think a lot of the way that this industry is evolving, is we control our own destiny, right? Because we build our, all of our logistics and operation and all of the inventory buying and every, all of those systems, which may individually you could look at and say, well, there might be some third party thing that does this, right? And I'm gonna work in a partnership with this and I'm gonna cobble together some network. You lose completely the ability to control and morph your business model, to engage with your customers in new ways. But it does put a huge bon you know, onus on us to build out a massive logistics infrastructure, to build out um, a massive shipping, you know, and I don't even, I mean more from a technology standpoint, to understand how inventory works the way we want it to and constantly be challenging ourselves to change that view. You know, that's nice to say, but that comes back to the technology, right? That hits our systems, like our systems are helping that. That is not just people, 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 right? It's a way to, have the systems help you look across everything that you've built and give you more and more holistic views of the customer from your logistics and your shipping uh, to your, your app and your customer experience. Mm -hmm. A lot of things have to go right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, sometimes they go wrong, but so, yeah. then you recover quickly. <laughs> so you have to, so you're, you're looking always for more inventory. Is it like get the brands in and the customers will come sort of mindset or get more customers, prove the, prove the concept to the brands and then they will come? How do you sort of figure that? Um, it's D all of the above, unfortunately. <laughs> I don't know. I think over the history, it may have been one or the other. In the, in the earlier days of Rent the Runway, I think um, the brand makeup was super crucial to the success of the business and getting, getting that off the ground. And now brands are as important as selection and style and the ability to, you know, to have like, access. And I think there is a certain expectation from our customers of a certain level of quality. Um, and so long as we are delivering on that, they're actually interested in exploring new brands and for us to recommend things. And they're actually exposing uh, exposing themselves to new things that they wouldn't have been able to get access to before. And so it's not a particular brand that is important. It is continuing to be a partner to brands and drive our brand mix, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, the, and the breadth in that, like, out. And newness, because if you have an engaged subscriber, they're there all the time, like, figuring yeah. out their schedule and, and things like that. So they're seeing inventory constantly, and yes. they'll know if it's... Yeah, and that comes back to the way that we algorithmically look at customers. So it's like, it's newness for them, right? Mm -hmm. And newness might not mean, there's two definitions we play with a lot, like newness and fit, right? Newness might not mean it was new, mm -hmm. right? It's just new to you and new to your group of, um, you know, your peers in that cohort. So it might be people that you're around, like it's new to that whole group. And so that gives you a, a much different definition. Now we still need to continue to buy new inventory and we do all the time because there's also a certain cohort that are looking at new as a date as well. And so we need to be able to service all, or, uh, all of those. 
And then, you know, the other thing, just tangentially, like fit for us is a big, is a, is a big thing, right? So like, I think this shirt fits me, but um, you know, you could put something on and say like, oh, I don't like the way this shows my arms, this doesn't fit me. So fit actually is a much broader definition for us than like, does the actual item fit you from a canonical standpoint? And it's more around like, how does it make you feel and does that fit? And so that is the definition of fit, mm -hmm. just like the definition of newness that we sort of toy around with. Right, and the algorithms can have to learn that. For sure, yeah, and those uh, are constantly adjusting. Yeah, and so as you're looking to scale to the next phase, what, what would you say is your biggest weakness or, or risk? Um, you know, it comes down, uh, like I'm a broken record, it comes down to the infrastructure, right? Mm -hmm. Because we, we, t we do all of it ourselves. Whenever we acquire, you know, as we acquire customers, we acquire inventory and more, um, more logistics that need to come with that. And we've been incredibly successful in the subscription business. And so the network and the infrastructure to keep, to not only keep up with the, the growth of the business, but also to, you know, drive the type of efficiency and not just from a cost standpoint, but to get, you know, we want to get things to you faster, right? Like our dream is that you wake up and you're like, hey, Alexa, send me my clothes and they show up at your door, right? And they fit you, you love them. They're things you saw other people wearing or you didn't. And so to get to that level of service, like we have to constantly drive our distribution network forward. And we're doing that as the business is growing. So it's trying to manage both yeah. of those. I mean, it makes sense that your biggest investment would also be your biggest potential. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What's happening. Uh, but you see a future where Alexa plays a main role in the business. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, I think our future is that however you want to, you know, if we believe in putting your closet in the cloud, like that is going to mean accessing it in many ways. And mm -hmm. we need to be at every single one of those ways and make it completely seamless for you. So mm -hmm. Alexa, Siri, yeah. you, mean, yeah. you name it, <laughs> Facebook Messenger. Uh, I want to open it up for questions, but I guess the last thing to just wrap up would be how is being at Rent the Rhino, you mentioned it's, it's more complex than you even thought when you started. How has it changed your outlook on retail? And for companies in the room that don't have the same infrastructure, it's, it's a pretty unique business yeah. model. What, how, what would you say is the biggest takeaway that you've learned that, that could apply to retail in general? You know, uh, I'm a technologist. I do like to build everything myself, so I will caveat that as something. But I, you know, I, I've come away looking at the industry in general with a newfound appreciation for the types of opportunities really owning your own systems can provide. And as easy as and as tempting, and I think certainly e-commerce and retail in general has been, um, I think, fallen victim to the technology as a cost savings or something in finance or something that's driving the business. And that if you completely switch your outlook and your, your budget to make it a driver, um, there, you know, there's not a, like, there's clear things you get from that, and there's a tremendous amount of nuance and opportunity that comes from looking at it like that. And you can pivot the business, you can try things, you can do all kinds of things a lot quicker. And I didn't, you know, quite, you know, quite, I was always pragmatic around like some things you should buy, some things you should build. And now I, I definitely feel like in this space with Amazon, like you, if you want to play and and continue to drive your customer forward, like the more you own and control, the better. Right. So so try not to outsource as much as maybe in the past, it was more yeah. normal for you. Especially the things that seem obvious, like that's the thing, right? Yeah. It might be obvious to outsource your e-commerce platform, right? Yeah. Because like it's been done 10,000 times or whatever, but like it's actually not obvious. And when you mm -hmm. control that, there's a tremendous amount of power and flexibility there. Mm -hmm. Great, does anyone have any questions for Josh? Hi, thanks for Hi. speaking to us today, Josh. Um, I have a question about your logistics with the subscription service. Are you seeing an increase in loss now that you're not able to feel like you know when certain items are coming back? Um, uh, sorry, what do you say loss? You mean what? Say someone not returning the item. Oh, not returning. Um, yeah, I would say 
Um, there's a lot uh, to give you hope about humanity from the data in Rent the Runway. Um, I'd say in both the, the, the reserve business and the increase of subscription, people are generally good. I mean, we see a very low, extremely low level of loss and, and you know, when I say damage, like we run the largest dry cleaning business in the world. If you like spill some wine on it, that doesn't count as a damage. Like you have to like light it on fire and cut it with scissors for it to be damaged. And I feel like that and loss are, have, have, stay, have remained extremely low um, and are not really a problem for us. People, you know, it's interesting, we get a bag back at the facility and you open it up, people have hung their things back up and put the plastic wrap back on them, mm -hmm. right? I'd say there, there's more of that than there are people like not sending stuff back. Mm -hmm. Great, yeah, one last question back here. Hi, this is Milan from Nextail. Uh, you talked about uh, complexity of uh, inventory. Uh, so I assume it's very critical to have a great uh, demand forecast and optimal allocation. Which type of solution are you using? Is it in-house or one of the third-party providers? So yes, it is. I mean, for us, it is incredibly crucial, and it's in-house, um, and and it's something that is we constantly work on because, you know, again, there's like there's demand on an average, and you can look at it. We have tons of amazing data, but the ability to really cut the historical data and the real-time data and have that feed into our demand forecast and our buys, even sometimes in the year, um, is, is something we control because like, we're constantly evolving our opinion of like, what should go into a demand forecast and who we're buying for and what are the nuances around our customers. Great, any other mics out? All right, we'll do one last question. Um, you mentioned when you started that a lot of the departments are very connected. As you've grown, how have you maintained that so how does marketing inform what you do and what you prioritize and vice versa? How does, what was that, sorry? The how does like marketing, for example, inform what you prioritize and how do you stay in communication with the various yeah. departments? Yeah, I mean, I think that's an interesting point. So like we are completely interdependent from a system standpoint, right? But that also means to, to the point, or the question that you were asking, like, you know, when we want to do something on Rent the Runway, when marketing wants to drive our initiative or we want to do something, like how do we enact that across um, the stack? And I think, you know, it comes down to the way we embed, I mean, it's, it's, there's nothing like rocket science, but it's the way we embed fully functional agile teams, right? And so the, just be, if you had a business where like there was a lot of dependencies and everyone sort of owned their own piece, you would crash into each other all the time. And so I think it's the way that we have technology, product, data, and marketing, and analytics working together in these hubs um, that have all of the tools they need to drive something forward throughout that complexity, which requires a different mindset from the skills that we hire, right? It's, it's obviously domain expertise, but it's a way that you also need to be able to take a broader view. And so those teams need to be able to enact everything that they need to do across that stack. Mm -hmm. Great. Well, thank you so much, Josh. Thank really you. Interesting. Thanks, everybody. That's all for this episode. Thank you for listening. If you liked our show, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or Anchor.fm. You can also tweet at me. I'm at Aditi Sangal. Stay tuned. We'll be back next week with another episode.